The QPR podcast is sponsored by Northwood Fresh Fruit Flowers and Plants. Based outside Northwood train station, they'll supply everything you need in the way of fruit, flowers and plants daily. And if you're passing them at Northwood train station, pop in and say hello, because Kev, who runs it, is a QPR fan. Tell him the QPR podcast sent you. QPR! Right, hello and welcome to Open All Hours, a QPR podcast, which I am slowly screwing up badly. This is about take 532. Right, I'm joined by Paul Stokes from Q Magazine. Paul, how are you keeping you all right? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I wish I had a voice like yours. Thank you. Yeah, I've got a stupid accent. You haven't. <laughs> nice beard. Thank um, you. And actually, you've both got beards. And we're also joined by Mark O'Hare. Sorry. Hi, Welcome to the podcast, by the way. It's your first time. It is, yeah. Thank you. Proud to be here. I'm great to meet more QPR fans. Do you, do you listen to the podcast? Of course, yeah. Every week. Oh, brilliant. It's like when people meet you and you're a QPR fan, you go, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> you probably are the one. Um, <laughs> right. So, I didn't see, because I was, I was at my mum's day, so I didn't see the Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank press conference. So, Paul, I'm going to hand over to you to, to give me a brief and talk to everyone who has seen it, what you thought of it. I, yeah, well, he did his sort of live stream uh, podcast, uh, podcast press conference uh, for the broadcast media uh, earlier today, which is Monday. Uh, I thought it was quite impressed. He does. I, I met Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank very briefly once at a gig, and this promoter was taking the Mickey out of footballers roasting each other. And I, I know that apparently they're quite good friends, but I was just looking, and he looked like a man who very much, you know, you wouldn't want to go on the wrong side of. And really? in the press conference, he really came across. I felt very determined. You know, he's got that voice where you kind of go, yeah, he is a. Uh, he, he's a man who means business. I wouldn't want to have, you know, handballed it off the line and given Middlesbrough a win with him in charge, put it that way. And I thought his press conference was quite interesting. He's obviously clued up about the club. He he's a, seems to be a man who, who goes into the details of things. He was talking about, you know, the QPR fans expect to see a certain kind of uh, football, which is exciting, but they also want ex- successful football. Uh, he wants to, what he's saying, he wanted to inject honesty, stability, and a bit of excitement back in the club, and, and how much it was a good fit, which I think it is. I mean, one of my friends, uh, Ted, who uh, I go to the games with, has always said QPR managers who've come in as big shots, you know, like the Red Naps, uh, the Hugheses, and they come in and it's like, hey, I'm at Rangers, yeah, it's a bit of money, I, I'm a great manager, never seem to prosper. Whereas people who see Rangers, you know, it's genuinely a step up, or they're you know, they're, they're, it's it's kind of it's going to take them to the next level, whether they stay with us or not. I've done well. You know, Terry Venables is a classic example of that. You know, manager came in, did really well, went to Barcelona, and I think you know Jimmy Floyd, I think fits into that category where he's someone who you, you get in and go, this is a step up for him. He's unproven potentially at this level, but equally, you know, he's played beyond it. He's not a big shot, but at the same time, he's got experience. You know, he's not. It's not a total shot in the dark that perhaps you know we might have taken in the past, and it's not somebody coming in for a big payday. What I liked about him is that straight away he was more or less told not to mention Chelsea. Yeah, he was asked about Chelsea in the press conference, oh. and Celeste said he has to hit the ground running, obviously, to win the fans over. Although uh, he's, uh, yeah, I th- you know, I think it's obviously, I don't think it's quite the issue. I think Paul Furlong has bashed that that down. I remember when when Paul Furlong signed for us properly, and everyone was going, "Oh, they, they're booing him because he's ex Chelsea," and I remember they're booing him because he's missing chances. And then the moment he started scoring the chances, everyone was like, "Who cares?" And you know. Chelsea, whatever. And I think it, was, it will be the same with Jimmy Floyd. If he if his first couple of games go bad, then yeah, the booze might be there. People go, oh, it's because it's Chelsea. It's, it's, it's results ultimately. To be fair, he's not John Terry, and he's not in the same league as him. I, I would walk out if John 
Tony McKeon manager. Well, he has played for other teams as well, which is good. You know, all our favourites like Cardiff and... Uh... <laughs> Moving on We've been joined by um, a podcast regular Who's happened to walk in And Hello. doesn't know what's going on And I've got to brief him Well um, Hello Paul uh, How are you doing? going? It's not bad it. after five years I've never been late for one before I didn't say my, you were My first time No, um, Everyone's entitled to be late for everything Including their own funerals It's fine <laughs> How are you keeping? You, you, you look harassed I'm very good I just got off a train That was good. delayed So good, I apologise So well You're holding the fort very well Finny you, It suits you New headphones, new. <laughs> it's, it's good. I'm not. I'm not interrupting. How's my ridiculous ears? Um, Mark, what's mm. your thoughts on Jimmy Floyd? Uh, to be honest, uh, when the name was first mooted, I wasn't particularly enthused. Uh, the Chelsea links were were a part. I have to admit. Uh, but secondly, I probably quite lazily. I mean, I look at the football league quite regularly for work, and quite lazily looked at what he'd done at Burton and kind of attributed it towards Gary Browett, um uh, the stable platform he'd built as well as the Burton chairman and the way they run the club there but um, pre-season I spoke to a journalist who, who's involved at, at Burton um, and quite regularly recently I've been talking to Burton fans about Jimmy as well and they've spoken incredibly positively about him uh, and it's completely won me over I mean I have to admit I wouldn't have minded Warnock staying on to the end of the season like I think a lot of QPR fans were thinking that way, especially listening to last week's podcast. Um, but now he's been appointed, going to put 100% faith and support behind him. And I think he's going to do, well, I hope he's going to do a good job. Um, you know, just, just a little bit of background about him and what he does at Burton. Um, he's very ambitious. They said when he arrived at the club, he, he knew all about Burton, knew all about League Two as well, which is quite surprising considering he's you know, been playing the top levels uh, throughout his career. Um, I was a little bit concerned about his experience. I think he'd one year in working in Belgium where he did a reasonable job, came to Burton, but he's, he's passed every test he's been given with mm. flying colours. I think they lost three games after he came in last year at Burton. Before he arrived, they'd lost seven of their first ten. Uh, he likes to play a four-two-three-one formation, so quite similar to what we had at the start of the season, I guess, with with Chris Ramsey. Even though it's a bit of a, a bit of a, yeah, whatever you want to call it, but you know, two sort of holding midfielders, wingers, uh, a player just in behind a central striker. Um, so I can sort of see it working. Um, he likes a defensive approach to, to games as well. He doesn't like conceding goals. Hates losing matches. So um, you know, we're not going to see too many four threes and three threes, but. Um, from what I hear as well Burton do create a hell of a lot of chances they're just not putting them away they need a decent striker and, you know, it's, it's all kind of sounds quite familiar Sh- shall I, I I'm going to play devil's advocate here so first of all That'd I, be a first I think it's a great appointment I really like the I really like the appointment up and coming manager um, has kind of has not a very long apprenticeship but has done an apprenticeship if you like in the lower divisions I'm all for it right so forget that for a moment because I'm just gonna I feel like I need to ask a couple of questions just to like test it for everyone right did he revolutionize Burton or did he get into a very and I'm not saying he didn't do a good job I'm saying did he revolutionize Burton in the same way he needs to revolutionize QPR Burton's a well-run club succession of wealth of good managers who did well there because the club's well set up same in a way with Swansea, notwithstanding Gary Monk's troubles at the moment. They are first and foremost a good club, which means any manager that goes there has half a chance of doing all right because the setup's right. Same at Burton because they had Gary Rowett and uh, Nigel Clough before him, and I think there was probably actually some one or Pesky two in between. Pesky Salido. Okay, well, he's not in management at the moment. But, but you get what I'm saying. There are these clubs that are extremely well run and so set managers up for success. Arguably. QPR 
doesn't set any manager that's coming in the last few years up for success. I think he'd ruin anyone. Well, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Are we? Are we? In, is there a it's risk a huge, that huge we'll? Job for him. If you, if it's a huge job, his, isn't it? And it's a different view, job. This is, this is a massive, massive role. And also, it should be said at Burton, he was he was the manager. He he brought the players in himself. He sold the players. He he, okay. he was in charge of contracts. That's not going to be the case here. That he's he's in charge of of coaching the team at QPR. If if what we're led to believe is true. Um, whether his coaching ability is up to scratch is, uh, you know, is out for question, I guess. But um, what I what I enjoyed hearing from Burton is the fact he completely immersed himself in the club, in the community, mm. in the youth team. Um, of course, he's ambitious. He never said it when he when he took the Burton job, he wasn't ambitious. He sees QPR as a stepping stone to go to a let's say a top four, top eight club in the Premier League, and he needs this to work for himself. And I know we can look back at Redknapp. Redknapp was lazy and whatever else. We don't need to go into that. Um, but this is a guy on on the up. He needs this to work for him. If this doesn't work for him, uh, it's going to look worse on him than it is on us. Put it that way. I think the pressure, though, really in terms of sorting the club out, has to fall on Celeste, doesn't it? I mean, he spoke today about you know how he you know the, he reiterated his whole thing about we haven't brought local players through. Rashid Stoney was at the club and never played mm. for the team. And I think what what's interesting with, with the there's obviously been a power struggle. Neil Warnock clearly looking in from the outside does not look like he was anything to do with Chris Ramsey or or, or Les Ferdinand's appointment. Warnock obviously was angling for some sort of overall role, some sort of overseeing job but at the end of it. He's gone. So Ferdinand has obviously won that battle. And if you look at the players who were bought in the summer, I would say bar one obvious uh, loan signing, pretty much all those players were Chris Ramsey and Ferdinand working together pretty much and bringing in. I think that's obviously a relationship that that um, uh, Jimmy Floyd can work with with Celeste because you know obviously they're players of a similar era not quite the same but very similar era so there'll be a lot in common I think the real pressure though is on in terms of getting the club and making sure there is a platform that you like you're talking about mm. that was at Burton it falls on Les Ferdinand so that we don't have because I mean what we've gone from is a position where we had a four year plan to a four month plan we now have to have now we've killed that plan off the next plan has to have some longevity to it I think I think I think that the the, the problem You've said that a few times yeah, on this podcast. Yeah, but you always get shorter. What I find bizarre it's about a full Rangers game plan is though. just it seems to be Rangers' ability to keep making the same mistakes in terms of signing the overpriced players and then oh we don't want to do it, we've changed our mind too short. And it just seems the time periods get shorter and shorter and shorter. It's just I think this time now mm. this is where some, I think Les Ferdinand will earn his stripes if he comes in and says, Right, I'm I have got control of the club back, we're back on my vision, Warnock's out of the picture, we're gonna build the club so that whoever the manager is, whether Jimmy goes off to manage Chelsea or whatever in a year's time whoever comes in could do it you just say that <laughs> yeah it could happen <laughs> so it's, it's a short commute for him apparently <laughs> <laughs> he did say you, you told me he said in the, the, the press conference he did say the chosen one didn't he or something. he inadvertently said I'm really happy to be the chosen one which obviously the BBC and a few other places have, uh, have jumped on so he is the, th- the thing is, like, the way I look at it. You know what, though? If you're not going to be the special one, the chosen so without, one sounds all right, uh, isn't it? Uh, without boring everyone be the who's one. listening to this, and also given I didn't hear the first 10 minutes of the podcast, it was great. Best I have podcast not ever. been around today at all, so I have no idea what was said in the. <laughs> in the, in the, no in the press conference. Give me like a, a 15 second summary. He's your man. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, they introduced a new manager. Yeah. He's, he's called Jimmy Floyd. Oh, all <laughs> oh, right. And uh, he's going to look after the club. That's all good. The thing is, what worries me is not. I I personally, the club had a great idea of building from youth, bringing Ramsey in, 
bringing Les in, having a picture of what we're going to do, getting rid of all the mercenaries, sort of the say. And then someone said, oh, by the way, if we go up, have you seen how much money's in the Premier League next season? They've looked at the debt. But also, they've stuck with a bunch of players they thought were stuck with, or were lucky to keep, whatever way you want to look at it, with a bunch of players they thought were going to go. And we ne- we've almost got uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank as like a kind of reverse version of, of Chris Ramsey. With Chris Ramsey's come in, and he's like, they're all going, so you make all these promises, you bring in these tight new players who, as Les said in the press conference today, we expect to come good next season, and then we're judged to be surplus to requirements by the yeah. caretaker. You've now got a position where Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank could go on and have an amazing Christmas win the next five or six games and a desperate you know Newcastle or Villa or something something goes we'll give you 15 million for Austin we'll take fur off your hands go on Chuck Phillips in for the deal and he might have then the switch situation where actually no you've got to consolidate now because we couldn't turn those those sales down we talk about plans and everything and I think this really does frustrate me I think we need to write this season not write this season off but we need to realise that the top five in the championship at the moment Cut above the rest of this league, so we're basically playing for one playoff position. And at the moment, we're, so? we're if, yeah, mm. I think so. I don't think it's a great league. Bar I think Brighton, we can do it easily. no, but I think there are five teams. I agree. Derby and Middlesbrough squads are, are level above everyone else. Okay. Burnley, you know, they've got consistency in what Sean Dyche is doing. Everyone knows their jobs. They're going to be up there. Uh, who's the other one? Brighton, Brighton of course, Brighton. who are going, growing great guns, and you can't see that stopping anytime soon. Middlesbrough were poor against uh, us, yeah. but generally a good team. So they come yeah. to Loftus Road on Tuesday night. I mean, the other thing is, what is we've come off. The, I mean, this is this is. I mean, this is, I mean, I mean, to the commentary post the Reading game on Sky. But I mean, we were we've been so bad the last few games. Yeah, we've won, but I mean, not convincingly. I don't think so. But you I know, think you know, this idea we could have beaten Middlesbrough. Yeah, rubbish. Nil. You know, this idea that we were great against Reading and deserved the win. Mm, you know, goalkeeper well, did, did his Tommy things. Cooper impression and it missed missed it. Yeah, you know, it's win. But did you not think? Reading kind of evened out Middlesbrough probably yeah. sort of oh, yeah, but whatever, but we I mean, probably deserved a point from both games this is a very but, but, sensible podcast Reading were there for the taking Reading were one of the worst teams I've, I've seen in a long time particularly on telly with the replays making it look even worse and, then, and we, <laughs> we did not look a, a cut above that and we certainly no, didn't look cut, we certainly didn't look like a cut into the, in the next level of you know the, you know Derbies and Brightons and the I heard someone say Can I reel off some stats Just just, just uh, going back to Neil Warnock And what he's done and, and we're talking about Sort of Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank Not wanting to lose Wanting to lose football matches you know, This sort of idea Of a, a goal against And you, you might You've got to score two goals To get three points What Neil Warnock did And okay This is not him solely on his own This is from when After Birmingham Since Birmingham basically When Warnock's on board We were conceding two goals per game in, uh, On average um, before he arrived since he's arrived uh, we kept five clean sheets in eight games before he arrived we were conceding 4.73 shots on target per game since he's arrived 1.75 yeah which is mm. absolutely exceptional this is that's by it's not far really away the best because if you look at what he, what he did really was just he dumped all the players he bought in the summer went back to playing a bunch of old lags with no future in the club and, but, no but you kind of go Ramsey had his hands tied behind his back because if he'd done that tactics which he could easily have done mm. all those players he bought in the summer when at Christmas the other lot get sold on would have gone I'm not playing for you because you've betrayed me Warnock has no commitment to them he didn't make him any promises didn't put his arm around and get him to sign for the club he's discarded them and gone that's fine We Jimmy Floyd has to has got a club now where he's got to try and go hang on all you new guys who came in the summer you're really part of the plans definitely proper because I don't know who's going to be in January I mean Warnock was a massive short term measure and massively in a short term situation he made QPR really boring to watch and really hard to beat but he wanted the job though so he was he, he did want the job and yeah because he I was go- from, from if you try and take the QPR spectacles off all of us and, and look at it from the outside we were hemorrhaging goals left right and centre so 
all, the, all that team needed. It's a good team at the end of the day. We're not well beaters, but it's a good championship team. It needed organisation, defensive organisation to begin with. To concede two goals per game on average is absolutely embarrassing for a team who's supposedly got aspirations for a top six position. So to come in and, and do that, and just to put it in perspective, that 1.75 shots on target per game faced on average, or, or however you want to say it, um, Preston are currently top of that table, and they're conceding on average three, three shots on target per game. So that's, that's giving you an idea of just, just what he's done defensively. And, you know, we've, we've played some good teams in that, in that run of fixtures. We talk about Middlesbrough, we talk about Derby. Reading are a good team. OK, Reading are in a, in a bad spot right now. And, and you know, that, that's, that's not our problem. We've gone there and taken three points. But, you know, Preston are always going to come to Loftus Road and defend. Leeds aren't as bad a team as they showed at Loftus Road. So, you know, I think, I just, I think there's green shoots. But at the same time, I don't want to be... Shouting from the rooftops and saying we're a top six contenders because I don't think we are this season and I don't want us to be because I want the fans to sort of keep the feet on the ground and think about That's next season. Is his, was anything said about what his uh, remit is? Is his remit this season to get us up, uh, get to us challenge? In? This is the actual word. It was to challenge, and they said to him, "What do you want to do?" And he said, "I want to challenge." Challenge what? Challenge what? Promotion. Yeah, I mean, hedging their bets. To challenge promotion. So it was a real sort of sense of like, you know. I would have thought challenge the players would be a better way of looking at it because he needs to challenge them to bring themselves out. I think we're underperforming. Oh, he said he's got a lot of work to do. He kept stressing the amount of work he's got to do with the the squad. And I think he's got, you know, he sort of of said there's there's a role here, everyone can get involved. But I think there was that real sense of like, he has, you know, he has to be challenged. We have to look to be going up. Which I wouldn't mind if that was the plan all along, but the plan was very statedly, you know, see how it goes, what's happened, and then by accidentally not being able to sell players for whatever reason, that our our, our thing changes in in an Instagram message. It's I don't I don't know. I feel I really feel I, like I still I, I still think you look at look at what, you know what, what Chris Ramsey started with and the team he had to play and you know managing man management. I think to compare. You know, statistically, with with Warnock, where obviously he, he knew he was on a short term thing, it was a power struggle with with Celeste, It seems on the outside, and I think you know you can't just change it. And like you say, all the teams we played who were supposedly good in that run played poorly. I thought you know, so he, he got lucky, which you know, you know, that's how you get up. He was lucky that Del Del Terab didn't get injured the season we got promoted. He's, a bit more than that. We, we did play some damn good football. Time. Yeah, because of one yeah. player <laughs> from, from a solid base yeah. as well, yeah. which is which is what he tried to do in, in the in the sort of six to eight games he had. I'll give you a stat. This appointment, this managerial appointment, is the first time in twelve appointments that the QPR manager has been taken from another job. So the last eleven, but the, of permanent managers, the last eleven before Hasselbank were out of work. Or not in not in a like a yeah. like like profit like manager's job basically. Okay. They may have been coaching somewhere else. But go, go the back. last one who's in a so, permanent job, Neil Warnock, Ian Holloway. Oh, oh. Ian Holloway, because no, Neil Warnock had who was um, the Palace, wasn't he? No, well, hang on, we, hang on, we got yeah. Holloway was the last manager. No, wasn't but it? Neil Warnock had kind of was the kind la- of like the last manager about to be out from okay. the whole. No, they went I mean, mental. I mean, no, 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 no. Because when we went to the away game when he was in charge, where we scored right, the, he, he sort of put the full stop on that season to keep us up. They were absolutely spitting blood. He, he, was, he, was, in, he was in charge. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was. I think <laughs> yeah. that stat doesn't work. Yeah. I think, he, I think there was goes, one in 12. Yeah. So I th- actually okay. think that the last 12, it's only Warnock and Holloway that have been in the job. But the, one thing anyway. I, but the one thing I will say about Warnock, I don't care what anyone says, he gave us a brilliant day, a brilliant season. That, 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 that season, you know, Derby and Leicester, them sort of games, 
the Cardiff games at home, you know, the Cardiff away games. He knew what he was doing. It might not have been spectacular. It might not but but I think when he did it that time, it was brilliant. And, you know, I completely love him for doing it. But, but I do think, we, you know, when he came back in, I think, you know, from the, from the moment it was announced, he was up there on the telephone. And, and the quotes that. you were reading about a lot, like, oh, I have my say, the nil has his say. It just was immediately like chaos again and it's not necessarily Neil's fault that somebody sits in John to come in but equally it's but, but to be fair Paul we did, we did something really outrageous we actually won an away game under him as well and we, we didn't look like we were going to win a home game never yeah, we won game. an away game by the goalkeeping error I think he came in he, he left he'd done a decent enough job he stabilised it as you said he sorted the defence out and at least he gave some of the build on whereas in, in, in all fairness we were a shambles at the back there's no way denying that the Brentford match just proved it that was just embarrassing mm. to stand there and watch that was just horrible because Brentford mm. didn't even try that well so I think he's done well we should thank him for what he's done for the club and he should always welcome this podcast if you're listening Neil and um, yeah nice to nick a winner Thanks, Reading. Neil. Yeah. yeah, we're going to try and um, get hold of Mark Burcham now for a, a week chat have we come out the hat yet? we haven't I'm looking at the FA Cup draw which is going to be Completely pointless storytelling if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> tomorrow morning. But we're going to do it anyway and we're going to react to the FA Cup draw but, as but, we're talking. By the way, you've got a quick story about um, Cesar that you were telling me in the pub. Uh, yeah, just tell yeah. that one quickly. It's just from Michael Calvin's book, uh, On the Volcano, I think it's called. Uh, he goes around talking to various managers and talks about life you know, in the manager's hot seat. And he's talking, this is Sean Derryman, he's at Notts County, and the difference between Notts County uh, in League One fighting relegation and Queen's Park Rangers at the time. And um, he, was, he said he's a stickler for time. He's always into, into training half an hour too early, if, if anything, just to, just to be there. And uh, one morning he was about 45 minutes late, and uh, he sort of came into the changing room, apologised to the team and the coaches. He said, this won't happen again, I'm so sorry. And Julio Cesar asked him where he lived. He said, I come from Kent, and Julio Cesar didn't really know where that was. So he said, it's about a two-hour drive to get into, get into work. And completely seriously, he turned to him and said, uh, why don't you get a helicopter? And so Sean Derry sort of looked at him, laughed a little bit, <laughs> didn't really know how to react to this, and said to Clint Hill, hey, Clint, you know, I, should just, I just need to get a helicopter in from Kent to work every day. And Clint said, all right. And Cesar turned to him and said, yeah, they're only 100 grand. Excellent. Isn't, am I making this up? Didn't Sean Derry go everywhere by public transport as well? Doesn't he love the train? So what an anathema to him. Sean Derry has been on this podcast and he turned up in a not... Um, I was going to say... I was going to sound mean. He turned up in a motor that was all right. Yeah. Put it that way. But doesn't he like the train? Nice, Isn't well, he one of these people who like, likes travelling by train? I don't of? know. Joey Barton, we're name-dropping now. Joey Barton, when he came in, did come on the tube. So I don't know what that tells us. But yeah, Sean Derry, Parking might have lovely guy, mm-hmm. drives a Range Rover, and I think we're now going to Mark Bircham. Oh, he's ringing. The transatlantic callers. Um, he's not there. What should we do? <laughs> um, he is a, but he's, uh, he's, he's, he's not there. He's having a meal, and he did say it was a bit tricky, because he, if he finishes dessert, it's big to us if he hadn't. But... It did make me laugh. Did anyone see his exchange? So no interview tonight. Sorry no. about that, folks. Well, interview for you. How, how was one... your train ride? My train ride was all right. Good. It was all right. Did you, s- Do you want to know any more about no, it? Right. The Wi-Fi wasn't working. First world problems. Oh, terrible. Um, the Shocking. man opposite me shoved his feet into me, didn't leave any space. What else do you want to know? Toilets mm-hmm. were flooded. 
<laughs> Sounds like Loftus Road. Sounds yeah. like Kurt yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But the, the, the funny thing is, um, he was having a wee bit of a laugh with um, Jason Cundy on Twitter. Did you see that, Birch? Yeah. And that was quite funny. I mean, there's no way about it. I mean, Birch is one of our own. He's quite. I mean, Jason Cundy just couldn't handle it. Over. It's quite funny. Has everyone seen that YouTube thing of the Chelsea fan having a complete meltdown? about the fact they lost to Bournemouth he just couldn't handle it no. and, and they, they, they interviewed someone who thought it was a cup match we've just come out of the hat go on I'm trying to like think what clues I can give you we're away right. at a fellow championship team <sighs> East Midlands based plays in red Forest Nottingham uh, Forest we never won there okay. ah for fuck's sake <laughs> Well, that's that's the glamour. What do we think? Away in Notts Forest, that will what do we reckon? Everton are at home to Dagenham and Redbridge or Whitehawk. Right, stop now. Um, uh, Forest. Who have Eastley got? Uh, Who have Eastley got? I think they're the only guaranteed non league team, isn't it? What do you reckon? What do you reckon? Forest away, we've never won there. Obviously, it's one of those draws, isn't it? Everyone just just took a collective. Like you want a kind of exciting draw, either home or away. You, you, but you want something interesting. It's we could mm. we could win it, could lose it, won't be on telly. It's not it, that will sort of just be in the almost classified to the results, whatever happens. The, 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 there's a curse in us at the city ground. We need to get someone to go and piss in four corners of the pitch like Barry Fry did at Birmingham and try and rid ourselves because we'll oh. save it for the league though, wouldn't you? I'd take either mm. I just want to win there I don't care if it's the League Cup the Simmons Cup bring it back we'll try to go with that Full Members Cup we'll have a go with that anything just win there I've seen too many hammers home to Bolton um, there's just nothing to talk about with that no, draw no it would be nice Forest away is there it would be nice to play like go somewhere that small team you know a bit of terracy and all that it's just Forest away it's a duplicate right. fixture we still got Terrace in the film oh hey sorry terrible joke no, no. Uh, I, I, dude, I'd have liked I'd have liked um Someone like Newport, somewhere different. Mm. We haven't been before. Somewhere, you know, you go to a different country. You mean since so, August? Yeah, the friendly. Yeah. No, but we, so, sometimes that works. Though. When you play someone friendly, you do actually get them in the FA Cup, which is, anyway. So there you go, we've got Forest so, away. So that's five minutes of podcast. We, it's now dead. They'll never get back yeah. again. We've ever. just completely cut out. 10-15 minutes of podcast no Mark Bircham and a I thought we did well to cover it cup uh, do you know I was there for Nigel Clough's f- fastest ever hat trick that was a nightmare there. I was there when we um, I did got his leg broken in the League Cup game as well that was just horrible in fact I don't ever remember going there and not really actually it's always been horrible at the mm. isn't it Jesus um, I suppose we'll go straight on to the R's end then won't we yeah God, he comes off a train and starts running the place Sorry, again. Sorry, Paul. No, it's all right. Just you give me After the hat. You. you give me the magic hat. You take it off me. Go on, go on, go on. No, it's all right. So we do the hours in the show, then, Mark. I go first, shall I? Um, uh, I'm just trying to get our next six fixtures up because I know who, I know the next six fixtures are actually really, really difficult, and I think it'll be quite interesting to see uh, where we are after those six fixtures. Um, runs up to what Huddersfield, Ipswich. Blackburn around sort of Christmas New Year time uh, Brighton Brighton's coming up as well there are tricky six fixtures put it that way here we go Burnley at home on Saturday Brighton at home on the Tuesday Bristol City away on the 19th Ipswich away Boxing Day Huddersfield at home and I believe it's Blackburn as well what about Holes was it Hole on New Year's Day is it I think so mm. I've only got up to the 28th Hull is quiet on New Year's Day yeah hey? well <laughs> Uh, that was rubbish. You two, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. I'd have a little song lyric. So you two reference. It's a song by you two. All is quiet on New Year's Day. Oh. So all is. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 
Carry on. No, I, just, I just want to have a little whinge, actually. Cause, oh, go on. Uh, it's go not on. actually. We like a whinge. It's not about our club, but oh. I just think it's just a disgrace, to be honest. Um, I went into the box office while I'm in Shepherd's Bush today to get my Boxing Day tickets to Ipswich. I don't get to see Rangers play too often on Saturdays through work, uh, so Boxing Day, I thought I'd go to Ipswich. Um, and I was offered two prices for, for my ticket. The first, well, the second one was £32.50, which I took. The first one was £37.50. No. For an adult ticket to Ipswich Away. Um, and I, I actually had to ask and ask again if that was the correct price. You're kidding me. Um, we're talking about a championship club who's not been in the Premier League for what, 10, 10 years. Might not be that long, but yeah. At least Dick took more a mask. And I thought we, we, we paid quite a lot of money to That's go and keep the archive. £37.50. So, yeah. 65 quid for two tickets Well let's hope we stuff them uh, David um, My R's end is uh, I'm looking for it Do yours first <laughs> Paul <laughs> Not me Talking to myself Bill <laughs> Paul Don't you find Paul's a really boring name I always get called Stokesy so. uh, Hitman so, I always get yeah. called Finney Or yeah. something to be able to see It's a real we'll dodge, dodge But this is not interesting to people not <laughs> No Paul. No um, the pool is a boring. What would you like me to talk about? Well, the RZ is where you normally have something you want to get off your chest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I've see. I've got. You've some, been enough time. Well, no, I've got something on my chest. Which is quite. Which is quite sort of annoying. But I don't know if I should. Say. Basically, I'm. I'm. I've got a one man complaint against. No, go on. How I want to hear this. How irritating the club shop is. Oh, go on. So I bought a shirt for a friend for a birthday. I paid full price on a Monday. Three days late. Well, no. Sorry, three days. Just over 24 hours later, I get an email saying, you can get 20% off this shirt if you buy it on the next three days. So I just thought, well, that's ridiculous. Because to me, there always feels there's an inbuilt sort of understanding that if you buy a shirt in the first half of the season, it's never going to be discounted. That's why you're paying stupid money for, you know, leisure, you know, leisure wear, effectively, because you're not going to play for the club. Um, so then you go, OK, that's fine. So just send an email, go, I think that's a little bit off. You know, I bought this 24 hours ago, and now you're telling me if I'd waited a week, I could have got it, you know. And I got this really patronising email back, oh, well, you know, big shops don't do it. Their staff are told not to tell. And I was like, well, A, that's not true, because on the Marks and Spencer's website that we before buying Christmas presents knowing what the Black Friday deals were a week in advance but secondly does not the club shop have a duty of care to supporters to A not make them feel like there's a bad taste in their mouth when they come out of there I thought that was really bad. And secondly, the whole thing of like comparing yourself to a high street. I can't take that shirt back because I had a name printed on the back and say, all right, I'll take it back, buy it cheap, nice one, see you later. You've kind of got me over a barrel there. So this is, sorry, this is a proper rant, actually. And I actually, I actually think, you know, over the years, I've had nothing but a bad experiences going in that shop. It's a horrible shop. Anyone who's on the window invariably gets dropped and has a really bad season. And, um, and you know, I remember once going in there and there was some guy, I don't know who he was, he had his phone out and he went to the shop in front of customers and I was cringing going well you all better smile now I can watch you on my phone on the cameras so what is this a Dickensian workhouse and I actually think it's not a nice place and the club should do something about it and also Blue Friday Black Friday deals if you're going to rip your fans off don't do it in a faddish stupid fashion like that let's have a deal on the first day of the season let's cap the price of shirts keep them cheap if you're going to do that not this oh we want to jump on the bandwagon because Twitter's going mad about Black Friday so I'm actually that is my R's in which I was holding back from but I do I understand this whole cannibalising they don't want to cannibalise their business by saying in the front they just did because I'll never buy a shirt from them again Mm. You will. Per- oh, Percy, no, Percy's I won't. Because I'm, I'm, a- I'm still reeling from when you said you'll never play for the club, <laughs> and you looked at all of us, and you just just a clean sweep, complete generalisation. Where you'll buy if you buy leisure wear, you'll never play for the club. 
What do you mean? If you purchase a shirt, what are you saying? If you purchase a shirt in there and you're selected for the club, no, 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 no. If you no, let me qualify what I'm saying. If you purchase a shirt in the club and then you happen to be called up for the club, they will give you a free shirt on the day of the match. So you won't be using that particular shirt. That is leisure work. To be fair, oh, Stokesy. What I want to know is why are you buying a shirt without hoops? Get a retro shirt. They got hoops on them. I know. I bought the I bought the the menace one because I thought. Oh, okay, at least offensive. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll jump in with mine. It's actually not very interesting. It can't be any worse than that. Yeah. It's actually not. So, and also, just to really, I did email the club to complain. I've not yet to hear back, so thanks for that. Custom services. Got a feeling you might know. I know we need to be quick, so all I'll say is I know um, we've been offered a, a discount for our listeners by the guys at Art of Football. They're the ones, do you remember the oh, Bobby's yeah, yeah. Zamora prints yeah. and all that? They've said if anybody goes on their sites and uses our code, which is QPR Pod. They can get a 10% discount on their Christmas presents. That's it. Really? That's all I have to say. Yeah, oh, mate, go on. So go on, Art of Football. They did the Trevor Sinclair one as well. Yeah. Which is excellent. Yeah, there's all sorts of QPR stuff. So go on there. QPR Pod is a discount code for 10% off. Oh, excellent. I, 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 wonder, I wonder if they've got one of Bob Malcolm playing. Probably not. Anyway. Sold out, mate. Really, I suppose it. My hours in the show, I want to make two quick points. One is, um, please have a look out for the Istanbul's competition that we're doing. Um, and you, it's on in the hours front page. It's also on the pod, um, Twitter feed and everything else. Please, 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 if you can, help Stan in any way you can. Three quid, five quid, whatever. Just help the man out. Mm, Throw it in quid, the. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is five quid. Yeah. I do that. It doesn't matter. Win a signed shirt, books, a couple of other prizes. It's on the homepage. Well, basically, if you give any... Well, yeah, yeah, start from five and work your way up is what I say. My second point is, good luck, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, on Saturday because we're all behind you. We need this club to go forward and we need to dream again. So please start the dreaming. Thanks for listening, by the way. The QPR podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production. The QPR podcast is sponsored by Northwood Fresh Fruit Flowers and Plants. Based outside Northwood train station, they'll supply everything you need in the way of fruit, flowers and plants daily. And if you're passing them at Northwood train station, pop in and say hello, because Kev, who runs it, is a QPR fan. Tell him the QPR podcast sent you. QPR! QPR! Sweet Rangers are on the up and up! QPR! QPR!